Welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. And here's today's episode. Welcome again to the Craft of Coaching podcast. We are continuing to interview more people for season two who are experienced coaches who are coming from all different, um, I guess, perspectives, you could say, in the coaching world. And today I'm speaking with Liz Applegate. I'm excited to be speaking with her for several reasons. One is that she's a graduate of the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program. She became part of our leadership team. And another reason that I'm really excited to talk with Liz is that she's a fellow podcaster. So she has done a couple of different podcasts at this point, and um I just think you'll find that she is an absolute delight and has a lot of wonderful wisdom to share about the coaching profession. Here we go. Liz Applegate. All right. So, okay. First place I like to start is with helping everyone who's listening to understand what are the things that your people are uniquely struggling with. And by uniquely, I don't mean nobody else in the world has struggled with them. And by your people, I don't mean specific clients, obviously, but as a general rule, what are the common themes that people are struggling Mm -hmm. with for your particular coaching practice? Well, um, so most of my clients deal a lot with self-doubt. And um, they are usually, most of my clients usually are in this place of transition where they have been, um, it it can be in transition for different things. A lot of times it's kids are moving, growing up and growing out of the house. Um, So they find themselves in a a new role for their family because their role as mom has changed, but also a new role for themselves and what that all means. And a lot of self-doubt comes into play a lot. And so I, I use the term self-doubt in the coaching world. I think we, we call it inner critic, but I don't know that a lot of times my clients identify with that until we really break it down. So I would say self-doubt would be where I find a lot of my clients, where they are. Mm. And you said that a lot of them are in a place of transition, particularly with, um, with moms whose kids have have flown the coop. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that ready to fly. (laughs) Or getting ready to fly. Uh Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that is one. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I know that you had created the midlife Schmidlife podcast. So it, 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 it seems like there's the midlife transition just in general mm-hmm. of having right. done things one way for a very long time. And then suddenly you're doing them a different way. And I was going to ask if you'd share a bit more about that. And you probably were about to before I started. To no, ask. <laughs> totally fine. So the funny thing with midlife is um, I, I was going through a transition 
before I identified as being in midlife. I didn't really, midlife for me didn't become a reality until I hit 50. And then that, for some reason, that magic age kind of identifies as, quote, midlife. Um, but what I realized as, as I've gone through this process, that really my, the transition, my life transition um, had really started back in my 40s. And, and a lot of that was, I don't know, you just kind of get to a point where you realize that you've been doing things um, a lot for your children and for other people. And, you know, where does that leave me? And it was some, I had gone through a divorce and um, just kind of rebuilding my life and realizing I wasn't living from a place that I wanted to be, which was from the inside out. And so I, it's funny because midlife to midlife kind of came about because I was like, wait a minute, midlife, what the heck is this? Right? Like (laughs) I had now this label that I really wasn't, I wasn't too happy about as far as how society saw me. And so what did that mean if that's how I was seeing myself? So it was kind of a, it was, kind of like I was shooting my middle finger up at, which I just physically <laughs> did, by the way. <laughs> I, was, I was flipping off getting older, and, and it really had me look at how society sees women as we age and also how we see ourselves. And there's just a, a lot of stuff wrapped up in that. Um, there's um, the invisible woman syndrome where we aren't seen. I mean, we honestly become invisible to others, but I often wonder if it's because we are becoming invisible to ourselves. So there's just so, so much transition and so much, like I said, the self-doubt really kind of comes into play um, a lot because we're, we are looking at things in a new perspective, but we're, we are doubting whether one, we, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we may feel selfish because we are thinking things like that. And what's interesting is I realized that a lot of these feelings come from these, these rules that we learned when we were growing up and I call them the good girl rules. And that's these things that we were told as little girls and yet here I am at 51 and I can still hear those rules come up and it's just interesting to me how that still affects me and how you know it's made me really do some exploration around how those have held me back in a lot of ways of becoming the person who really I was meant to be but the cool thing is that now I can so there you go that was that was just like an animated, like, got my blood rushing on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, so, so let's move into then, how do you help clients shift around this? Cause I know that you are a coach of incredible depth and incredible empathy, and you would never just turn to a client and go, well, Hey, you're 51. You should know better. You know, better than to, you know, (laughs) you know, flip the switch, just do it differently. Just, you know, like that kind of coaching is just not. (laughs) So, so then what, what becomes the entry point or the guiding philosophy or the exercise that you love to dive into to try to help Mm -hmm. people who have been doing things one way for a very long time 
And oh, what a frustrating place that can be when you know better, but then it's hard to do better. Cause that's how good girl rules work. Like we all know that, you know, the things that we were told when we were children aren't necessarily the rules we have to live by as adults. And yet doing it differently is more challenging Mm -hmm. than just, oh, I'll do better now that I know better. Exactly. And, and I want to point out, too, that these rules that we learned when we were younger, they weren't necessarily made to squelch us or keep us small. I like to be sure that I say this because I'm not into ripping your parents apart or being angry or even, or, you know, a lot of us carry on these, these rules that we learn and then we've raised our own children and we may have inadvertently passed along those. So um, I would just, I'd make sure that I let my clients know to offer themselves some grace as well as their parents some grace that this Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is all about awareness right now. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, the first part really is just the awareness piece. And um, a lot of that can start from really um, kind of personifying that self-doubt voice because that self-doubt voice comes from a place of, of, or what we call an inner critic, um, it, you know, it's mirroring what we've learned. It's mirroring these rules that we, or it's, or it's voicing these rules to us that we have learned and, and have become such a part of ourselves. And so really it's about paying attention to those, what's being said and how it's being said. And so I like to go through an exercise where we actually personify this voice or these voices, because sometimes you can have, um, you can, hear these different voices of self-doubt in your head. And so it could be, um, you know, an exercise we could be doing is, you know, you know, what is this? You know, we start off with the easy, easy questions of, so what is your self-doubt telling you? And, you know, we, my client will share, you know, a sentence and then I'll move into, well, how is this being said? You know, and so it can get kind of silly too. It offers some levity, to it, you know, is your self-doubt, does he sound, does he sound like a little mouse and uses a high squeaky voice or, mm-hmm. you know, so we kind of can do some little animations to it, which makes it kind of fun. I don't want to say funny, but it offers some levity into um, some kind of heavy places in our lives. And um, we've gone as far as um, having my clients draw out, you know, what, you know, what does this but whoever is saying this to you or whatever, what do they look like? You know, how do they sound? Um, I've had my clients draw them out and send me a picture. <laughs> and what that does, I feel, is that it takes all this mumbo jumbo in your head and kind of takes it out. And so you can look at it and really um, kind of have a conversation with it if you need to. I mean, you can put your little your little self-doubt monster. My little self-doubt monster is kind of this orange furry guy. And so I have a picture that I drew. And then sometimes when I can really hear him really loudly, I just kind of place him over on the desk and say, okay, you get to sit here and then I'm going to do my work. And then Mm -hmm. it sounds very silly sometimes or, you know, to people, but I feel like it's very helpful um, when they can separate that voice from themselves. Well, it's been a really common theme in just about everyone I've interviewed for this season Mm -hmm. of craft of coaching that 
clients feel a little bit silly and a little bit self-conscious mm. about these exercises, even though they're inordinately helpful. And I just feel like that speaks to the vulnerability that it takes to do something different. Because obviously, if the way that our clients had been doing their lives was completely working for them, they wouldn't search out coaching. And it, the necessity of getting out of that comfort zone. And I was also thinking when you described the exercise, too, that I've uh, um, when you talked about like almost like personifying the voices differently and stuff, I once had a coach do that with me. It was reminding me of this. And the coach actually asked me to get up and like walk to different parts mm. of the room to like, like to speak each voice. And I thought that was a really mm. interesting addition to it as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's something about not trying to like work with those voices with our own tiny will and instead just get really elastic and creative and spontaneous and mm -hmm. um, expressive with them that allows them to shift. Even though hands down, if I called you tomorrow and said, I need some help with some of these voices and you had me, you know, you had me doing some of this stuff, of course I'd feel a little bit silly and I do right. this for a living, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And I, I wonder, too, if it's because, I mean, sometimes I feel like we see ourselves as being silly, you know, like I'm a grown woman. Why the heck am I still dealing with self-doubt, right? And so I wonder sometimes if that doesn't come across as that. And I am never one to want to do role play. Like that just is not my thing. And so having experience being uncomfortable and going through coaching, you know, coaching myself, um, I've just, I think there's some benefits to that being uncomfortable. I really do, because I think it, for one, it can amplify those voices that you're hearing, that self-doubt that you're having. And um, I just think it's just part of the process. We get into our easy little comfort zone and you wake up and 20 years have gone by, you know, mm -hmm. so Right. So if you are seeing a coach, that means you're ready. You're wanting change. And as a coach, I remember what it was like for myself. And so I feel just as coaches that we need to um, be very empathetic to our, our clients. And I will often share my own, you know, I'll, I'll often share, like, I remember doing this. I remember how uncomfortable it is and it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives a lot more empathy when somebody understands because uh, they've right. been through the process themselves. Yeah. Most definitely. That's yeah. a critical piece. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Liz, I, I was going to ask one follow-up question and if it <laughs> works, it works great. Um, but do you have like a favorite exercise that you love to do with clients in particular? Hmm. Gosh. I think I already shared it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really, probably it, it would be around personifying the self-doubt. And however that looks for a client, not every client is going to be open to, you know, drawing something out. Um, but it may be working through the voices of how, how um, self-doubt sounds or, um, you know, giving a visual, how, you know, how does that make you feel? It's, it's really, in my mind, 
taking it, taking that self-doubt out of a person's mind that's just swirling around and getting bigger and bigger and really kind of getting it out and containing it. So however that looks for, for the client. And I wanted to add too, um, I'm never into making the self-doubt into something bad. Um, if I hear that, you know, this, um, someone's self-doubt is like mean and scary and they're wanting to, you know, kick its butt or (laughs) whatever. Um, and so, and we work around reframing what that looks like. So maybe this mean and scary self-doubt instead of him or her being six feet tall becomes two inches tall, you know, I'm just, I, I really adhere to, and this is something I know that you believe in as well, Kate, <laughs> is, is, not, is not turning your inner critic or your self-doubt, not demonizing, um, but personifying. That's how, I, that's how I look at it. Yeah, because it's just a wound, and, it, and wounds need healing and love and care, not like shut the right. F up and get away right. and I'm going to kick, you know, I'm going to kick your ass and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't actually help anything. So. No, I, I tried that for a lot of years and it didn't work. So it wasn't until I could really, um, hug my little orange furry monster. <laughs> and I mean, monster in a loving way, um, that I could really, um, that I could really accept that part of myself and where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it really is. I really do believe it's true. The paradox is that only when we are willing to be with the thing that feels so hard to be with, do we actually get the change that we've been wanting. And, right. and, and, you know, I like to say to people too, like if, if, if hating or, I mean, I really think it's three different things that people tend to do. We tend to avoid please or attack. We either avoid the stuff that we're uncomfortable with completely, try to numb out from it, ignore it. We try to please it by doing it so well that those voices should never come up, you know, and, or we attack it. And it's like, if those strategies worked, nobody would have issues with any of these things anymore. You know, like they, yeah, because we've all been doing them for a long time. So, mm-hmm. oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. What a gift I, I think it is to be able to have you as a coach to walk alongside during a major transition. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing today a little bit about well, thank you, Kate. who you be and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. 
Once again, thanks so much for listening, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.